Sacred Space the podcast has been recorded on Gubby Gubby Country. Myself and guests acknowledge and pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Sacred Space, the podcast. I am Tanika, your host, and this is a space for you to tune in and become educated, evolved, and expanded on all things generational healing, personal development, and spirituality. This is a space where I'll get beautiful, like-minded guests on to speak into their stories and their wisdom, as well as hearing mine. So take a big, deep breath into your belly, get anchored, get grounded, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we have an incredible guest. Like when I say incredible, do I mean it? (laughs) I have been on the hunt for someone just like Angel to come onto the podcast to tell us all the things like movement and our menstrual cycle, to go into the sciencey stuff, to go into just like everything about moving and working out with our menstrual cycle, like movement as a woman, right? Because I feel like this topic can be so easily almost like overstretched into like the the topic of like don't move at all and then there can be like the other side of it where people are like so disconnected from their cycle that they're just like oh I just fucking do whatever whenever whereas this episode is just it just encapsulates like the most incredible conversation about working out with a menstrual cycle as a woman. So Angel is, you may know her from her podcast. It's called That Gym Girl Podcast. Um, she teaches women how to take up space in the gym. She has had a journey, which she shares on this episode, just about like gym anxiety and like how fucking normal it is like so many women and people just like feel that deep in their bones so she really teaches women to come out of that space and to just embrace the anxiousness but just do it anyway and lean into the discomfort anyway let's get into this episode I promise you it's going to expand your awareness around moving with your menstrual cycle whether you are seasoned in this you know topic and you understand it really well or whether this is all new to you and you haven't even thought about it I promise you're going to get so much out of it especially because Angel and I come from very different backgrounds we both have very different like philosophies when it comes to this topic but we blended it so fucking beautifully and I'm just I'm just so excited for you to listen to this. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Angel. Oh my gosh. I say this like every episode, but like I'm actually genuinely so fucking excited for this one because I've been searching for someone like a superhero like you to come on and talk about this topic. So how are you? I'm good. Honestly, I'm so excited about this conversation too. When I saw, you know, you were kind of scouring for someone to preach about this or I guess give insight into this. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm the gal. So I feel very excited. Yeah. And I just adore how like direct you are and to the point you are. I feel like I have that element within me too. It's just like, you, you're just like the perfect match for this. And I can't wait to get into this conversation. Um, Let's kick off the episode with what's your favorite way to show yourself love? Mm, oh my gosh. I totally forgot you were going to ask this. I was like thinking about all the, the main topic and I was like, oh yeah, totally forgot about that. Showing myself love. Okay. Well, I guess the, the superficial level and the answer I could give would be the gym. So for me, movement is a big, big way that I love to give myself love. Uh, but I guess an, a separate from that is I love being alone. So a form of self-care for me is solitude or 
you know, even if it's in the car, I love driving in silence so much and spending time in your own thoughts is just so, so powerful, especially because, you know, there is so much going on in the world, on the news, living crisis, everything like that. And and life can be so hectic. And I think for me, a form of self-care is actually checking in with myself and being like, hey, how are you? And don't just say good. Like, how are you actually? That is such a powerful like self-love practice. And I feel like so many people are always, you know, time is always a thing that people feel like they don't have. It's like it slips through their fingers like sand. But if you do just like drive to the gym with no sound through your speakers or drive home or like, you know, whatever it is, do some cleaning in the house with just like nothing else intruding Mm -hmm. your thoughts. It actually creates such a huge change. So I really love that you brought that in here. Um, Let's get into sharing a little bit about yourself um, and like what got you so hooked on being a female fitness coach? Like share a little bit of your journey. I know you, you've come from a space of like having hectic gym anxiety and now you do coach women with that. So let's get into that. Yeah, for sure. So I guess, yeah, it stems. I feel like every coach who preaches about their particular niche, they they come from that initial challenge. Hey, you know, if someone talks about binge eating, they probably experience that themselves. So my, my niche is, I guess, gym anxiety. And for me, when I started thinking about going to the gym, it was actually paralyzing. So to the point where I felt sick, like physically ill in my stomach and, you know, it is all connected to anxiety and the gut brain and all of that, but I physically felt ill and I thought I was unfit. I had this whole narrative in my head of how worthless I was, how I didn't deserve to be there. And, it all stemmed from, you know, a multitude of insecurities and relationships, especially with men where I hadn't felt, you know, worthy and all of these. And I guess it just manifested it in the gym. That's where it came out and that's where it was expressed the most. And so I had to go through this journey of building a safe relationship with the gym. And parallel to that, I guess I built a safe relationship with men as well. So someone who introduced me to the gym was my dad, which was super curious because, you know, I'd, I'd have this relationship with men where I it was very negative. And then he was the one who introduced me to the gym. The gym was owned by a man who was super warm and friendly and lovely. And my brother now goes to the gym with me. And so it's been this kind of parallel between gym anxiety, but then also upon reflection, you know, my relationship with men and, and seeing that kind of become more positive yeah cool that is huge and I feel like that's something a lot of women face is like navigating the um like dealing with like the men in their life or you know there's a lot of like things like that and I think it's really cool you brought that in here because at the same time like in the same breath so many people think they are alone in sitting out in the car for ages and being like oh my god I can't fucking go in and then just driving home and then going in that shame spiral and all the things um so it's really cool that you've come from that and you now can like show other women that you can shift past that mm-hmm. I would love to know actually like this wasn't on the agenda for what we're gonna ask but like how what what would be like your three main things that you think you kind of worked on to get to the space of just feeling so like um confident <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I guess if I speak mostly about the gym and gym confidence and gym anxiety, which I think it talks to normal confidence anyway, the first part would probably be transparency. So being honest about the fact you had gym anxiety for so long, I kind of suppressed the the thought and I just thought, oh, the gym just isn't for me. I'm not a gym girl. That was what I called it. You know, instead of saying, hey, bitch, you have gym anxiety, like you're terrified (laughs) of the gym. No, I I, I flipped it and I, I I told myself, well, I'm just not someone who goes to the gym. You know, the gym isn't for me. They're for meatheads and all of that type of story to kind of make myself feel better. And so I guess the first advice would be, you know, name and shame, like not even shame, but let's like, let's call it out, bitch. Like if you have gym anxiety, 
own that fact, be honest with yourself. And, you know, a sub from that is be honest with others around you. When my dad said, Hey, do you want to work out? I was like, absolutely not. I'm terrified. <laughs> and he, he helped me with that. You know, he was like, why are you nervous? What's going on for you? Like, let's talk about it. And obviously it didn't heal me straight away, but those conversations were, you know, initially really, really helpful. So that'd probably be the first piece. Second piece of advice specifically for gym anxiety would be, this is so random, but go to the mum's class. If you have paralyzing gym anxiety, the 9.30 a.m. mummers and bubs class, oh, so good. And it might not be called mums and bubs where you are, but we all know that 9.30, that's when like the middle-aged women are going to be there whom we love, who have the beautiful feminine warm energy. And so I think that was a big, big random tip that I found was going into that class, I felt no judgment because they were just so lovely. Um, And I guess third would be having the whole idea of it not being an eight week challenge. Your gym anxiety isn't a fucking eight week challenge. Like we're not here to make you that gym girl in eight weeks. We're here to make you that gym girl in your whole fucking life. And the idea of that gym girl isn't the blonde in the pink fucking matching set in the corner who's filming herself like she thinks she's a crazy influencer aka me uh she is whoever you want her to be you know she is she's literally you as soon as you step into the gym she is the power lifter she's the water poloer she's whatever you want her to be she's whatever version you have of her and mine just happened to be barbie oh my gosh i literally love that and it's really cool to see how like the first point you were making was like you had the identity of I'm not that gym girl, but now your entire brand is literally that gym girl. And I think that's such a cool like reflection, you know, for you to see all the time, but also for people to see like you can get trapped in like identities. And, you know, I see this with my clients and people sometimes get trapped in like the identity of like painful period or like I can't do anything on my period or whatever it might be. And yes, there's always like truth to things, but as soon as you choose to like shift your identity, everything around you like a vortex will begin to like give you evidence of the new identity just as it has for as many years as you were telling yourself you're not a gym girl you were just receiving evidence that you weren't a fucking gym girl and I think that's just a really cool piece there that you that you brought in Mm, thank you yeah yeah it's, it's fun to reflect about those times and you know just because you go to the gym doesn't mean that gym girl is your singular identity like it's so fun being you know that multifaceted human being Yes, so true. All right, let's get into what we're like going to really anchor in on in this episode. And it's the menstrual cycle and movement. And I feel like this topic is so like, one, it's so broad. And two, there's a lot of like opposing opinions around it. And I know myself, I've journeyed through the whole like, you know, when I first got into cycle thinking, it was like, oh, I can't do any movement on my period. Like it's so fucked for my body. Whereas like now that I'm more integrated in it, I'm like, if I feel like, you know, doing weights, I can, but I just think it would be cool to like get your perception on this topic because it can be confusing for people. It can create a lot of shame for people. It can be like all these things. Um, Do you personally find that a lot of your clients don't have the awareness about the hormonal shifts of their menstrual cycle when they first start working with you? Mm, yes. So I guess I kind of want to start with your first point of, you know, it just being so overwhelming and confusing. Firstly, the science world is confused about it too. <laughs> like the research and the evidence is inconclusive. There is no significant, really significant research that's been made. And yeah, so we're all just kind of figuring this out as we go. So those who are listening who feel like they're overwhelmed, I hear you sister, we are all still kind of trying to do our research and figure out what the fuck is going on with women because for so many years, women weren't researched. Female 
reproductive systems were not researched and you know only recently in the last few decades are we actually starting to have that come out more so I'm with you I hear you I agree um but in terms of my clients yeah nine out of ten they they don't really have a huge understanding out around their menstrual cycle I know a lot of my girls will have like different apps to track it or to see where they're in their menstrual phase but they don't actually understand what that means so I feel like there's this superficial layer of like, oh, I'm in my follicular phase. But what does that actually mean? What's actually happening in your body? We're just putting a label on it, but we actually don't have that deeper level of understanding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Two things you just said. One being I'm always preaching, like we're not actually carbon copies of each other. And I feel like you just said that in like a different way that I approach it, but like exactly the same intention of like, we d- we're we not carbon copies of each other. So it, we're not you're not going to be like exactly the same as like your friend or like as this person or as this woman or like whatever it is that like, I feel like that's something that people do forget about as well. Like we think that we have to just fit this mold of like, okay, like this phase, I can't do this, this phase, I can't do this, but we all have different like capacity to do things, you know, it's different for everyone. And I think that's really, really cool. And then you said a second point and I've already forgotten it, but it was good. (laughs) Well, look with your first point. Yes. So I will just start by saying, you know, every woman's period give or take is very different to each other it's not very but like probably slightly different to each other's you know some might be 27 days some might be 35 days and if you're taking contraceptive it might not even fucking really exist like everyone's cycle is so so different and it's really important that we see these this trend on social media of single cycle syncing and it is these four boxes on a screen where it says this phase, this phase, this phase, this, this phase, and you're supposed to fit in that. And it's really interesting with my clients when they say, oh, I'm in this phase of my cycle, but I don't feel like this. I feel like this. And is that's not normal. That's not what I've seen on social media. That's different. And it's not making yourself wrong for that. So yes, no carbon copies. Fucking love that. Um, the second piece was around having the understanding of the label, but not necessarily understanding what it actually means inside your body. Yeah. I just want to touch on, um, and like, you know, you're aware I come from a very energetic lens when it comes to the menstrual cycle and something I was finding too, with my clients was like, well, how come in my follicular phase, I'm not feeling bubbly and creative and all the things and something I actually do like within my business and working with clients is shadow work with the menstrual cycle, because Mm -hmm. there is a light and dark side to everything. Exactly the same with the phases, like in your follicular phase, some people are feeling that creative, like rebirth, new energy, which is like linked to the maiden archetype, but equally maiden archetype that's in a child healing. Like if you have shit to face from your past, your why would your follicular phase feel good in your body? And that's like the, the the energetic lens that I look at it through. So I love that like you also come from the same space, but like mm-hmm. very different backgrounds. I think it's really cool because so many women do go, why the fuck aren't I feeling good? Or why, you know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's a lot wrong with the education system and you just need to go deeper. Unfortunately, it's not just readily available unfortunately we have to like dig deeper ourselves but I just really love that part that you brought in um around like yeah if you're not fucking feeling it like cool let's like go deeper and actually Mm. see what what is there and why you're not feeling it then 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And even in pharmacy school, when I, we were learning about the menstrual cycle, or even I went to like a science high school, and when we were learning about it there, it is so like stock standard, and you 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 don't really learn much about the individual approach. And so, yeah, you are right. There is so much wrong with the education and with what we're teaching all our different healthcare practitioners. And I think it it just comes from a place of generational. It really does. It comes from a place of just neglecting this topic for so long and now we're trying to not neglect it but we're almost going so far you know we're all just confused really yeah (laughs) well it's like the feminine movement right like everyone was like pushing for like femininity and like I'm all for it but also like our bodies aren't actually supposed to be doing like the fucking working out and like lifting all this heavy shit and doing all the stuff that men do. Like we are just different. And I think I'm, I'm hoping like over the next few years, we are going to come to a very balanced space where people are like, cool. Like I'm actually just going to rely on like what my body is communicating with me and, and move from there rather than seeking it like externally all the time. Mm, yeah. Um, I would love to like move into like with your clients in particular, like how do you, or like even on your socials, all the things, how do you find that you like empower women to work with their period, not be like that, that girl that's like, I got my period. I'm throwing the fucking towel in. I'm not like doing anything. And then like, they're just not seeing results because Mm -hmm. of that. It's almost like a spiral. It's like a shame spiral of like, you know, one second you're feeling like hot girl. Next second you're like, I fucking hate myself and I'm not doing anything. How do you kind of help people break out of that? Yeah, yeah, I love that question. I I feel like this relates so much to self-sabotage almost where we feel like we're doing the wrong thing, but then we feel like we're doing the right thing. And then we end up, you know, not seeing any gains from the gym and we feel like we're just kind of back to square one, right? Because you go through your four phases and well, I'm sure we'll explain them in a little bit, but you go through your four phases and you're like, well, I need to feel like this way, but then I need to feel like this way. And you feel like you're jumping up and down and side to side. (laughs) And so with my girls, I keep a stock standard program. So I will write their four day a week program, five day a week, two day a week, whatever the person is program. But we will, I will have conversations, not with all of my girls. Some of my girls don't really care to talk about their period. It's not something that they want to really share. Some of my girls are on contraceptive. So it's not like a big fluctuation that they experience. But for others, uh, we give them a, well, I give them a program. I was about to say we, there's no fucking other person. It's just me. <laughs> like, who's we, Angel? It's just you, bitch. Um, <laughs> so I give them a program. So say four days a week and we'll, we'll, we'll keep that for the entire phase. So for the four weeks, but we have substitutions and we have over communication. So I like to think of it from a place of real ease. You know, if you want to think of convenience, if, if you're listening to this right now and you want to be a gym girl and you want to also equally lean into your cycle and understand what you should do in terms of movement, write your program and then have substitutes. So for example, you know, if you were going to do a heavy leg day, have you in your mind, well, if I'm, if I'm in my X phase where I'm supposed to be feeling, you know, a bit more fatigued and I am feeling a bit more fatigued, what am I going to substitute it with? And maybe we can change that to a walk. And with my girls, I get them to communicate with me. You know, I, we, we have a lot of conversations around guilt. So guilt is a big thing. You know, if you're in, let's say, for example, your luteal phase, when you're feeling a little bit more fatigued normally, obviously this isn't always the case, but if one of my girls is like, well, Angel, I actually feel, I really don't feel up for my session. I say, okay, cool. Let's go for a walk or let's do your leg press, but I don't want to see any personal bests. I don't want to see it. I don't care for it. And I'll, I'll give them that permission slip of saying, well, go into the gym, move your body, do that gym session, but I don't want to see any personal bests. I really don't care for them today. And it's almost understanding that progressive, there's that term progressive overload, which basically means that you improve your weights or improve your strength over a certain period of time. 
progressive overload doesn't need to be weekly. You don't need to see improvements every single fucking week. You need to see it over a few weeks. So if you have one week where you're not making any progress or even you feel like you're dropping the weights because that's what your body needs, but then equally two weeks later, you might be PBing. So it's understanding that we've got to see this from the bigger picture. Sorry, I know that was a word vomit, but I feel like- No, that was absolutely incredible. Like so incredible. I loved how you spoke into that of like the permission slip to like, you're not fucking going backwards. You're actually like propelling yourself so much further forward because you're letting go of like the story of like, oh, I'm not fucking doing as good today. And like, shame on me. You're you're letting go of that to go today. This is what my body needs. So that when I am, for example, in my ovulation window, like I'm going to go fucking ham and like Mm. literally hit a PB and feel so good walking out of the gym that day. Um, And I also think it comes back to just like self-respect and like commitment of you're still actually showing up. Like whether you're, you're lifting 10 kilos or you're lifting fucking 60 kilos, whatever it looks like, you're still fucking there. Mm. Like, this really hits hard. I actually had a conversation with one of my clients. Uh, I think it was on sh- what day is it today? It's today, Thursday. So on Tuesday, um, and she is in her luteal phase, and she was just feeling so horrid. She was like, "I just feel so fatigued and just irritable and just not herself." And I said, "Still go to the gym, still move." Uh, but I literally said the words, "I don't want to see you hitting any heavy, heavy weights. I don't like if I see that, I'm going to be like, what the fuck are you doing?'" Because it is that self-respect thing. It is that idea of, well, what does your body actually need, and are you hearing her, or are you choosing to ignore her? And I say her because sometimes it's easier to personify your body um, because it, it makes you realize that you know your body is a person and that it's a yeah. living fucking thing with you know, three, like oxygen and shit uh and you know when she got to the end of her session she messaged me she said i'm so proud of myself for moving i feel so much better thank you because sometimes we just need that reminder and that permission yeah yeah totally oh my gosh she sounds like the most empowering like coach ever when it comes to like fitness and movement because i feel like there's such a stigma of just like do the thing like push past mm-hmm. like and like i'm all for like the hustle like i'm i'm here for it like fucking go sis like you know do the things, but like, I just love the way that you approach it. I think it's really, really cool. And it's actually so needed um, mm-hmm. for women to like realize like, oh my God, like I'm still like a bad bitch if I'm fucking like going for a walk or if I'm lifting heavy, like whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to jump into, yeah, I would love you to go into each phase of the cycle if you if you feel like that could be cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So for those who are listening, who feel like they have no idea what, you know, the menstrual cycle is or anything like that, or for those who kind of have an idea, this is probably going to be helpful. So we'll start off with the bleed. So that's your menstrual phase. And, you know, that's where we kind of, that's our starting point. That's where we put the fucking stick in the ground and we say, this is where the car is starting. So your hormones in your body, the chemical messengers, they've all dropped. They're like, sayonara, I'm out of here. And your body is like releasing. She's releasing all of her blood. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what that means at the end when we, we come back. But it's a full circle. So we're at the start and we're getting through our seven days. And after the menstrual phase, you move into the follicular. And this is really fun because you have this slow increase in estrogen. And estrogen is our beautiful feminine hormone. And she's developing the follicle in our body. And so we've we've stopped our period because estrogen has come in. She said, hey, like I, I want to choose an egg. Like let's get ourselves ready. And we start to build this, this follicle. And look, you are coming off the back of your period. So you're not feeling a thousand percent amazing, but you're starting to feel a little bit more, you know, energetic and like yourself. So that usually goes to about 
day seven to day 14. And these numbers are very rough um, because, you know, every woman has her own different cycle and length and everything like that. So if your numbers don't align with this, that's so fine, but this is the general gist. Then we have that egg and she's ready to be fertilized and we get this big like spike in estrogen and that egg she is ready she wants to be fertilized like that's the real black and white of it you want to have sex babe like you want to have some fun and so you have this spike in estrogen and then you also have two other side hormones who are in the mix so we've got fsh and lh they're kind of in the in the existence as well and lh spikes as well so as soon as estrogen spikes lh is like hey I want to spike too and um it's interesting because some women will feel that they get a little bit of pain when they ovulate so that's because of that spike in in lh so if you get a little bit of pain that's completely fine and so we ovulate and we have this spike in lh but little do we know the lh is talking to progesterone and progesterone she's she's a bit more of a moody bitch <laughs> she's a bit more of a moody bitch so we, we move into our luteal phase so now we're at day like 17 moving towards that area and your body thinks she's pregnant that's what she thinks so your body says oh my gosh guys this is exciting i'm progesterone i think we're pregnant and she starts to build up the lining of your uterus and your uterus gets a little bit more bigger and your estrogen goes away because she's she's done her thing and you're feeling you know you might be a little bit more reactive a bit more irritable you know all the things you think about the, the pregnancy hormones right and then you realize you're not pregnant and it gets towards the end of your luteal phase and all the hormones look around and they're like oh we're not actually pregnant and everything drops again and the lining that you built up she's not needed anymore so the lining gets to be shedded and that's why you bleed because you're not pregnant and yeah that that is the story when you were just explaining that it was like i was going on this whole little journey like i was just like imagining almost like these little like people like <laughs> yeah it's easier to imagine it like that otherwise it just sounds like boring science yeah yeah and it's also so like i feel like people you know, hearing all of that, it's cool to have the awareness, but don't get caught up in like having to know all of those things mm. because then it's just like, you're going to get confused. You're going to feel more overwhelmed. Just like simply speaking, I always kind of look at it like, you know, it's almost like you're climbing up a mountain, like you're starting at the bottom and then you're getting to the top for ovulation. And then you're kind of slowly coming back down and then you just like run down the last bit for the end of the luteal phase. And then there you are again, um, which is really cool. Can we go into each phase and like the movement that is like, really good for each phase and even if you've got some like sciencey bits and bobs to like connect to the movement I would love that yeah for sure for sure so I guess I can start with the menstrual so when our uterus is shedding and we're, we're bleeding um there was a study done in Korea and the study in Korea was basically looking at women who did yoga during their menstrual phase and it actually found that it did have a benefit on their period pain so as much as you know I, I do believe that you can strength train throughout your entire cycle some of the science does agree that during that menstrual phase low impact things like yoga even pilates so pilates for me is a bit high impact um <laughs> so some type of low impact movement like yoga um is what is recommended now look i will say the science again is inconclusive for this so coming from like a sci fully scientific lens the science says we don't actually really know like the data is kind of all over the place so i'm just going to give a general gist of what my personal opinion is and what i've seen working with women um and then when we go into the follicular phase phase as we're starting to increase that estrogen 
that kind of links to your mood. So you're starting to feel a bit more energetic and your body's able to hold a bit more capacity in terms of training and performance. So that's where things like strength training gets to increase. High intensity training is quite good. Um, and then as we go into ovulation, that window about day 14 to day 17, that's when you'll feel at your top, at your peak, you're at the top of the mountain. So that's when I would say strength training is really, really cool, really I would say that's when you'd be hitting your personal bests. High intensity training again is really, really good. And then as you move into your luteal phase, as the progesterone is increasing, look, as I said before, the science is kind of all over the place. They've only done a lot of it within the menstrual phase. But if you go off the back of that, it would be a good idea to start implementing that yoga, start implementing that low impact during your luteal phase and listening to your body because if you're having that increase in progesterone, you're going to have the irritability, you're losing the estrogen, she's gone, you're not feeling yourself. And so I would say that that low impact movement is a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I myself love to do like Pilates in my mm. luteal phase, but like I know what you mean. It's like that feels fucking high intensity. I like usually just do it body weight only if my body's calling for it because it's like it can feel like a lot. And like because you are in that energy of like irritability, like, if you do start putting all of those, like um, that pressure on yourself of like wanting to do really good, you get even more pissed off at yourself. Yeah. So I think that's why it's really cool to like have the understanding and be like, okay, like what is my body feeling? And yeah, like science or no science, I just feel like it's so important to just always come back to, again, like we're not carbon copies and like, what does your body actually fucking want? And like, listen to that. Um, Knowing the, the discernment between like when it's your ego trying to like not allow you to grow though I think that's also important because yeah. sometimes it's easy like I, I know a lot of women can be like oh, I can't tell if it's like my hormones are dropping and I'm like tired or if it's like my ego stopping me and I'm like usually when you're asking that question it's your ego stopping you <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah I made a, a reel saying I think that the hook was stop using your menstrual cycle as an excuse for why you haven't gotten gains because we we sometimes do our ego likes to pop her little nasty bitch head out and say hey like you shouldn't go to the gym because you're in x phase or whatever and look that's why i like to have the idea of progressive overload isn't weekly and i like to see you know if my client hasn't improved on a particular lift after four weeks then i'll be like hey what's going on like how, how, why haven't you added like a one kilo plate to this load whereas you know if it's been two weeks it's fine like practice practicing that understanding of you know what does my body need and it is tricky you know learning to intuitively listen to your body can be tricky and it it can take a good amount of practice and you're probably going to screw it up you might get to the gym and be like why am i here i should have just stayed at home you might go to the yoga class and be like why am i here i should have gone to the gym um but you know, trial and error. I actually think trial and error is a really good idea for your menstrual cycle. Trialing it, seeing if it works, seeing if it doesn't, and then making your decision based off of that. Yeah. And I think it also comes back to even your self-love um, ritual that like you spoke to at the start of like, if you're really struggling to discern like what is your ego, what are other people's beliefs, what's true for you, all these things, like coming back to a place of stillness, of silence, of even if it's went like get in your car, start driving to the gym, just don't fucking listen to anything and allow your like mind to actually, you know, get a bit clearer on like, mm. actually, what do I feel like? Maybe it is a walk along the beach in nature instead. Um, and that all gets to be perfect. Yeah, I completely agree. And you might get to the gym and realize, hey, I just want to stretch and do a, a walk. And you may get to the gym and realize, oh, shit, I'm going to put Drake on and I'm going to lift some heavy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and both get to be okay. Yeah. Um, so something that a lot of women do struggle with as well, like when there's like serious hormonal imbalances and all the things, 
is painful periods. Like this can be really debil- debil- oh my gosh, debilitating for some women that they like actually genuinely like, you know, need a lot more support in this area. Mm-hmm. If you, as an example, had a client come to you, this is like something that she's shared with you that during her period phase, like she genuinely is like, I can't even get out of bed my first day. Like it feels fucked. I feel like I'm just whatever. Like what would your advice be to support her to still like achieve her goals and even maybe like come to a more balanced space um, within her body to feel mm. good? Yeah, so I'm a big believer that personal trainers, we, we we have to be careful as personal trainers to not be the practitioner of every single thing. I feel like there's some PTs who would take this question and be like, yeah, I would do this, this and this and I would prescribe blah, blah. And at the end of the day, we can't do that. We don't have the knowledge. And I'm lucky that I have, you know, I went to pharmacy school and I have some of that knowledge. But if my client came to me and they said that they're getting excruciating pain, the red flag in my head goes off for, okay, let's check it for PCOS. Let's check for endometriosis. Like these are conditions that women have not been diagnosed with for many, many years because they thought period pain was normal. And don't get me wrong, some period discomfort is normal. That's completely fine. Getting some headaches here and there, that is common. But excruciating period pain, as much as it is common, it isn't something you should be dealing with without, you know, wanting to manage it in some sort of way. So if it was one of my clients, I would actually want her to go see her general practitioner or her naturopath or whoever she personally thinks is best for her, whatever her view of medicine is, uh, and check it for cysts, check for any irregularities in hormone imbalances, anything like that, because it's it's not actually something you should just be living with. We sh- we shouldn't be normalizing the conversation of if I have a painful period, <laughs> that's normal. I'm like, absolutely not. If you can't get out of bed in the morning, something is not okay. We need to check, like, maybe, you know, I know for you, are you studying naturopathy? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there something that, you know, you need to speak to your naturopath about? Is it something that, you know, we actually do need to pop you on the pill or contraceptive to look at? What can, is, you know, my best friend, she had surgery because she had to remove a cyst and yeah. every person is so different. And it would be so wrong of me to say to my client, hey, just move. <laughs> like the fuck? No, no, no. And if you're getting some discomfort, like, don't get me wrong. If it's general period discomfort, where it's at a, maybe a level of four out of 10 or three out of 10 in terms of like the pain scale, 10 being the most, one being the, the least, fine, pop an apragesic, like cool, do whatever you believe is best practice. But if we're getting excruciating pain, get that shit checked out, please. Yeah, I 100% agree. And you know, there's, it's always gonna be like, our body's literally shedding, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's gonna be like that feeling of a bit of heaviness and a bit of like, yeah, a little bit of discomfort, but I completely agree with you of like actually not telling your client like, okay, we're going to do this when you don't even have the fucking knowledge to do that. Like it's actually such a disservice. And I also see that like a lot of women, that's what happens to them and no one can fucking help them. And then they just feel like they get trapped in the identity of a Mm. pain period because every practitioner that they've bounced from has pretended they know how to support them and they actually can't. And I think we're really lucky. Like I you know, I'm all for natural health. That's like literally my life. Like I'm just like, yeah, slay nature can heal us. But we are so lucky to have access to like the medical system that we do here to be able to get the scans, to be able to, if necessary, have to actually like have a surgery to remove something that's going on. And like, you know, if it is a period of time that you do need to go on the contraceptive pill just to like get on top of what's happening. Um, 
I just think it's like more like ensuring that you're informed with like everything thing that you do. Absolutely. And this is why I like to say two things is not to sound like a sexist bitch right now, but if if it was my preference, I would see a female practitioner personally I know there are a lot of good especially on the Gold Coast there are a lot of good male practitioners but in terms of my experience with GPs oh if you've been to a male doctor and he doesn't hear you try a female doctor please I'm hoping she will hear you I mean obviously not always the case but try I know there's a really good one in um in the Gold Coast which is femme health or something like that and it's all women health and I'm so oh I love that so much um and put your fucking foot down if nobody's hearing you and you've got excruciating pain sis put your foot down and I know it's frustrating I know we shouldn't have to do this but we are talking about generations of neglecting this for women and we need to start speaking up for ourselves and backing ourselves. If somebody's saying, oh, it's just a period of pain, be like, no, it's fucking not. I'm actually in pain. Like you need to help me. Yeah. So I had my own like iteration of this. I was on contraception for all up like, oh my gosh, like I think like six or something years, right? Like I was on the mm. pill for like maybe even longer. Like I was on the pill, I think for like five or six years. And then I got um the Paragard IUD put in. Um, And then I like started cycle syncing when I had the IUD coming off the pill, all the things. And then I got to a space where I was like, cool. I want to just like go all natural. I trust my body. I know what's going on now. I don't need any form of contraception. Um, But then when my body was beginning to do her thing, like naturally the ovulation pain that I was getting was like very, very severe to the point. Like I couldn't even like stand up straight. Like it was just not, wow. it was like not good at all. Not slay. I went and I got all the tests done. I did all the things and all they could tell me was you have to go back on the pill. There's nothing that can support you. Um, They were just like, this is normal. Like people get pain, but it was like excruciating. It wasn't just like a little bit of like, you know, pain. It was like, I can't fucking live. I can't go to work, all the things. And that's kind of how I really dove deep into like the shadow work of the cycle. Cause it turned out that like, I wasn't expressing myself. So of course in the, like the ovulation phase, when you're in your fullest expression, why would there not be pain in my body because I'm not expressing myself? And that's what really solidified like the energetics of it for me. But I remember like actually saying to the doctor, because I then obviously went out on my own natural journey from there. Cause I was like, I've been on the pill. It makes me a crazy bitch. I don't know. I'm a crazy bitch when I'm on it. Like until I come off of it. Yeah. And I kind of just said to the doctor, I was like, no, you don't want to like tell me to even just like use a heat pack and drink warm tea. And they were just like, just like looked at me and I was like, fuck you and like I mean that was my own experience but I just remember feeling so riled up and that was like a moment where I was like I'm fucking going to support women on their journey to see that like it doesn't have to be the go back on the pill you're broken it can actually be like we can look at it from a different lens or we can support our body in a different way and like I said I think there's space for all of it but as you as you're saying it's like fucking speak up like if you know something isn't right don't just settle for that it's like all areas of your life like raise your standard this is your life this is your body like actually speak up about it Mm, and I think look I am not I'm not anti-natural health at all I think that there's absolutely a place for it especially you know with your circumstance obviously um but I would say in regard to just like the general advice I would have is be ready to trial things be ready because with with period pain you know natural health it helped you know for you tanika it might not help for for someone else or you know the pill might help for one woman but it might not help for another one it might make them gain x amount of pounds and you know have really dark thoughts and so it's being ready to be like you know what 
I'm ready. I'm open. I just be open to the possibilities and trial. You know, if it would be so wrong of me to come on here and be like, oh, natural medicine, don't do it. No, like if, if nothing's worked for you, be open, like fuck this, be open to hearing that and be open to leaning into it. And that's where that whole transparency vulnerability piece comes into it. You know, is if you want to try with your naturopath, lean into that, like give that a full go before you, you make yourself wrong for it. Yeah. I think it's so fucking cool as well. Like we are both coming from such different views on like how we approach our own health personally, but like to be able to come to a space of just like seeing each other and having that openness, like that's what people I think need to approach like health with just in general, because it's like, no one's wrong. And like, you know, even when you like are studying healthcare, for example, like I'm studying my bachelor in health science, like it's constantly getting drilled into me. Like there's actually no truth to fucking anything. Like it actually does come back to your own philosophy mm-hmm. and the philosophy of the medicine that you're, pra- you know, you're practicing or, or whatever. So it's like, yeah, just like fucking go into it open-minded. Like this might help me. This might not help me. If this doesn't help me, it's just an indication that the next thing might, it's not that you're failing. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's literally just an indication to like shift gears a little bit and, and see what else could support you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm really lucky when I was working in the pharmacy, the, the whole, um, staff, I think there was one man who, one man who worked there, it was all women. And, you know, just having the openness to have these conversations is so important. And, you know, we had a naturopath who worked with us and she was so fucking clever. Oh my God. She ended up doing nursing and I was like, Oh, you're the bomb. But, uh, <laughs> and Chelsea, by the way, if she's listening, she's the bomb. And <laughs> it was so interesting that like all these different opinions got to come together as women. And then we were able to help each other and help our patients. And, yeah, it is just such a empowering thing. And I hope that more women listening, you know, if you're looking to go into healthcare, please do, we need you. <laughs> whether it's, you know, natural health or whether it's med or farm, like please do because the world needs you and we need to have these conversations and have space for these conversations. Yeah, and I think that's like a really cool place to sort of like wrap, begin wrapping up this episode of like actually be seen in it, have the conversations. Like recognize other people's opposing opinions but still just stand strong in yours like it doesn't have to be an argument it can simply Mm. be like oh my gosh cool like this person's come from here like they've had this journey with whatever it might be with their cycle like how can I learn from them I think that's like the coolest thing um do you have anything that you would like to add before we completely wrap up this episode no, honestly, I've loved this episode so much and I completely agree. You know, uh, we're allowed to have self-belief in our own practices, but also have our ears open for other people's input. You know, you're allowed to have both. Like, God forbid you fucking are allowed to be an open-minded person, but still back yourself. And I think that this conversation has just been evidence of that. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, so cool that we were able to come together and like, there's just place for all of it. And like, everyone listening can take the bits that really resonate for them and leave behind what doesn't. And I just think that's super cool. Could you please let my audience know where they can find you so that they can jump on over and find you? Because I think they will really benefit from having (laughs) you come up on their feed and listen to your podcast and all the things. Yes, I would say probably the first place would be check out that Gym Girl podcast. That is where you will get to know me the most because I am there for 30 minutes, two to three times a week. Uh, Also Instagram. So if you just search up Angel Wallace Miles, uh, I will be there. I am loud and I am proud. So don't worry, you won't, you won't miss me. (laughs) (laughs) I love your content so much. I like when I first started following you, I was like, oh my gosh, like it was almost like this layer of like getting triggered. And then I was like, I love this. I'm leaning in. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I forget it's triggering. I honestly forget. I genuinely don't make it out of a place like, hey, it's going to trigger someone. But then sometimes when it's like, you know, about like the hate comments, I've been getting a lot of hate comments, random tangent. I'll make content and be like, hey, this is going to trigger the men and it's going to bring up the women. Yeah. No, I think it's cool though, right? Like when you get triggered, it's like just an opportunity to grow. And I was like, oh my God, like, I think it was like, just like your persona of like, you actually like have gone from the like pits of like feeling like shit in the gym to like screaming at the camera, like, let's fucking do this. And I'm like, yes, I have so much to learn from you, which is so cool. Oh. Um, I'll leave everything links below. So everyone listening can find you with ease. Thank you so fucking much for coming on. Like, thank God I listened to my intuition and waited until like the right person came along because that conversation was just like next level, exactly more than I could even have imagined that I was, um, morning so thank you so much thank you so much for having me honestly what you're doing is so special so I love that oh thank you everyone listening I'll be back in your ears next week thank you thank you thank you I love you bye hi beautiful thank you so much for being a part of my podcast community I have so much gratitude for you and I would love to hear what you think about this podcast leave me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or share this episode with a close friend that needs to hear it if you leave me a review and send me the screenshot on Instagram at sacred space W Tanika Lace, I will forward you access to a free guided womb healing breathwork journey and a 15% off code to purchase any masterclasses or courses available on my website. All you have to do is leave me a review, send me the screenshot on Instagram at sacred space W Tanika Lace, and I'll forward you access to the free guided womb journey and a 15% off code. I love you so much and I'll see you next week.